This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. I'm so excited about this today. You wanted to talk about newness. Yes. And it came up in one of the daily meditations, and it, just, it captivated your attention. It did. It did. Because I think it's just so much new that I've experienced over the last couple of years. I'm just so, like, freaking excited. <laughs> well you know yeah it's just like life is just presenting me with things to be excited about and they're all new beautiful yeah that's our first name because this is all about new thought which by the way is not new as we keep on pointing out new thought is not about something that's different or new it is about having a thought that's different than the previous thought that's different than the old thought because in the beginning there was nothing and darkness and void, I believe, is how it was described. And then there was a thought. And that thought preceded the law acting upon the thought. And then from there flowed everything. So it turns out in that model of things, which is the universe that we live in, the new thought is pretty important. Well, you know, like, that's such a deep perspective. I love it. And it's new thought and it's right. But what is so simple for me is that in studying new thought as much as I could. And then I would, you know, go to other religions and you know how I just like peel back the onion until I can't get any further. And Mm -hmm. I'm finding the principles so far back, you know, like let's go to maybe the 12th century and even before because writings, you know, weren't really abundantly available, but, and I'm finding this and I'm thinking, This is so exciting. Now, I don't know what's wrong with me because things are really just fascinating me and they may not be that big a deal. (laughs) I don't know. They're definitely a big deal. But it's incredibly fascinating to me that you can find these principles so far back. And then people get all like freaked out because this is a new way of thinking and they don't trust it because it's new. This is not new. It's new to you, but it's not new. What, you know, and when you find that, it's so much comfort in it. And it's just exciting to see that it was there before. And you know what? History makes you feel comfortable about things because if it's been there and it's still there, then at least to me, that's like really great. Let me see what I can get from it because if it Mm -hmm. lasted this long, it must be pretty powerful. So that's why new thought is so exciting to me. 
Yeah. Well, it starts out being such a simple principle that there is consciousness. And in fact, there's one consciousness, there's one infinite mind that does all the thinking and that it has created everything, including us. And that the mind that we think is our unique little solo mind over here, you know, at our home address is actually simply an aspect of that infinite mind. Mm-hmm. And the illusion is really strong. So what's happened is every once in a while, somebody who is a particular visionary will come along and understand our oneness, our connection, the fact that we are all part of this one. They'll understand the unity. And what tends to happen is that their energy level, their consciousness rising to that level gets people's attention. It's like, whoa, what's going on with Bobby? You know, (laughs) (laughs) Bobby's got it going on. And so they want to start knowing from Bobby what's going on. So here is this newly enlightened person or this newly aware person trying to explain in language that doesn't exist a universal truth that nobody else can see because their senses are telling them that it's different. And what happens is when they're passionate enough, the people believe their version of the story and then they just start living by the story. And of course, the story is not about a new thought because as soon as whoever the avatar is, says this is the story, people stop paying attention to the truth he was talking about and start paying attention to the story. You know, game on. The Buddha famously said, I come pointing to the moon. Do not mistake my finger for the moon. Mm-hmm. And in every religion, the first time I heard that, I wasn't attributed to the Buddha. I was attributed to Jesus. You know, he said, I you know, come pointing to the moon. Do not mistake my fingernail for the moon. And people have been like, worshiping his fingernail ever since. And I can just imagine going, no, 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 that's not the idea. That's not what I said. And keeping it new is where the transformation happens. That's where the revolutionary part of this is. It is so simple. It is so basic and it is so counterintuitive that it takes a long time to dispense with all the stuff that we've learned before so that we can get back to this pretty simple, but immensely powerful truth. Isn't that amazing? It's so simple. And what's in our belief system and all of that, you know, chunked down in our subconscious mind and everything is keeping us from embracing and feeling the freshness of this simplicity. And I know when I first started reading and understand, I'm like, this, it can't, it's got to be more to it than this. It's got to be. It's not. But I think where it gets challenging is when it conflicts with what you and I and what Don Miguel Ruiz talks about, the domestication, that process that we've been through and all of that that's chunked down in us, you just think, I got to get rid of all this stuff, you know? And that's what happened with me because I wanted to live in this new thought and this new simplicity that was there, you know? And I began to understand that it wasn't new. And I thought, this is wonderful, but why am I not experiencing it? And then I discovered why, you know, stuff in my belief system and so forth. So you say things to me like, you know, you work and you do this and you do that. But like, I'm so serious. I want the stuff out and it takes work and I'm going to do the work, you know, because I don't like this. (laughs) 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 Well, I mean, how else is going to happen? I'm not going to wake up like, you know, all of a sudden I'm going to. Let's use the term, you use consciousness, you know, and you talk about higher consciousness and all that. That's like so, you know, I don't feel like I'm, you know, it's just so big and 
do I deserve to say that I'm achieving higher consciousness? I certainly want to, but I can't until I get this garbage out. So, well, as you go through the process, the first time you notice that there's some garbage around you and you get rid of it, you have stepped to a higher level of consciousness because you're no longer dragging that stuff around with you anymore. I think personally that it is very healthy to not say, oh, look, I'm at a higher level of consciousness because that implies that the work is done and that is mistaken. The work is not done. Very, very few people over the course of history have gotten to the top of the mountain where all the work is done. And they're pretty noteworthy. They're avatars. There are religions named after them. We know who they are still. And all the rest of us are still on our way up the mountain. And that's where we think, then we find that all the differences are. You know, because there's a new thought person who's climbing their spiritual mountain, digging for truth, and a Christian who's on the way up the same mountain. They're on a different side of the peak, but they're heading up the same mountain. And when we look at each other, it's like, you're way over there. What's wrong with you? Or you're down below me, or that's going to take you forever, or whatever. This is you're on the wrong path because my path is the path to the top. And there's, you know, the Muslims and the Buddhists are on their own path halfway around the mountain. And it's like, Everybody's having an opinion of, about everybody else. You get to the top, there's only one top. Yeah. If you can see that or convince people or not, you know, can't convince people, but if they see that, the journey becomes half as difficult, I think. Because yeah. Because you're not looking from the left or the right or trying to be right. You know, last week, I don't know if it was in the podcast or pre or post show, whatever you said, I like things. Carol likes to have things to happen right now. You do. If I didn't say it in the podcast last week, let me say it this week. You like to have things happen right now. I do not agree with that. You know, I'm sorry. You like no. so you'd prefer to have them happen five years ago? No, <laughs> I prefer to do what I need to do for them to happen. Okay. You know what I mean? So if you tell me it's not going to happen for five years, I got to say, I'm going to, next thing I'm going to ask you is what do I need to do to make sure it doesn't take seven? <laughs> Okay. That, that would be what the math people call a corollary. Okay. Because so, you prefer to have it happen now, but if it's going to take five, you're okay with five, but you don't, don't want to take six. I don't even know about the now. You know, I want to be on the way. I want to be on the way. Because see, I finished this degree and I'm so grateful for it, but I'm so grateful to you because you helped me along the way. So there were times I would look at you or listen to try to figure out what's the next thing. What did he say? Let me figure this out. Cause I don't want to have to repeat this. <laughs> you know, if I got to stay up a couple of extra hours tonight, read a couple of extra books, read it three or four times. Okay. But when I come to class the next time, I don't want to have to not know what it is. <laughs> <I was laughs> you have your eye on the prize. Can I tell you a quick story? When I was in seminary, I had three young children and we were living on campus. So like, I look back now and think I was crazy to have these children and try to accomplish this thing, but I did. And the dean requested my presence in his office. Somehow I knew it wasn't to be praised. And so I, I went and sure enough, I was scolded because I was not participating in the life of the campus. You know, I wasn't doing the stuff that people were doing after class. Well, these were young people, right? They could play backgammon and whatever else they were playing. I had to go home and fix dinner, do homework, stuff like that, and stay up and do my work. Mm -hmm. I had to make a choice 
And that to me is like everything else. When you want to achieve a certain level of whatever, okay, so I'm not going to get to the top, but today, tomorrow I could be better than I am today and the next day and so forth, but put the energy into it because I don't want to find myself next week in the same spot, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's not fun. Oh yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's the hamster wheel. You keep on running and you wind up being in the same place. Even though you're putting in all that effort and energy, you want, you want that thing to move. I'm looking to the people who I think are at a higher level than me. And I hope I'm explaining this right. But I look like I have ascended masters. I call them my mentors. They're not here anymore. And I respect them and honor so much of what they did while they were here and the things that they understood that I will sit with them or read or whatever, because I want that. I want that. I don't want to sit there and say, oh, that was really nice what Florence Govelshen said. I want to be there and understand exactly what she said. Mm -hmm. You know, now I don't know if that means has to do with the now or what. I just want to know. And that's the practice about attuning yourself so that you are aware of the intention of the consciousness of the understanding of the mentor, the teacher, the ascended master that you're dealing with. And when you do that often enough and long enough, then suddenly you find yourself answering questions the way they would have answered them. So you're like, who was that? (laughs) Wait a second. That was me channeling Florence Scoville Shin or Ernest Holmes or Neville or whoever it is and didn't have to think of, oh, I'm going to quote somebody because it becomes part of the fabric of who you are and what you're bringing to it. And that's what happens as we elevate our consciousness, as we move our our way up the mountain, is we tend to more easily and more automatically think along those lines instead of having to work through the process. Let's take a break and then continue with some newness. You can put practical prayer to work in your life, and Reverend Bill Marcioni can help. He is offering an online class that teaches you to create your own practical prayer in five weekly one-hour sessions. The final hour brings your practical prayer together, anchored in live original music by a notable New Thought musician. Practical prayer is based on the most effective prayers found in religions and spiritual practices all over the world. Use it to deepen ever more fully into the truth of your spiritual nature. It's the core of a transformational spiritual practice that's simple, even if it's not always easy. Reverend Bill is also available for private spiritual counseling prayer sessions. Together, you'll lean into the challenges you've experienced in life and explore the transformation that's possible through practical prayer. You'll uncover old, hidden beliefs and uproot them to make way for the life of your dreams. Everything you need to know is on the website at b-v-light.com. That's b-v-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we're going to talk about newness even more. We're going to talk about newness. Yeah, I'm going to repeat that exercise that we've done before, which is where everybody who's listening has just observe where you are in your breath, whether you're breathing out or you're breathing in. So if you're in the middle of an exhale, feel that exhale finish. And if you're in the middle of an inhale, feel that inhale finish. And the newness that comes about in our lives isn't, a lot of times we think, oh, I'm going to start with an inhale. That's where it begins. But 
unless you've had an exhale previously, there's really no room for the new breath to come in. And when you're at full capacity, when you've got a complete lung full of air, the next thing that's going to happen, that newness is going to happen because you let it go, because you release that breath that has served you so well up until now, and that makes room for another breath. So the newness isn't in the breath that I'm bringing in. The newness might be in that which I'm releasing. It's about being in the flow, and that way we're able to invite newness in all the time. Mm-hmm. There's always something new that's available. And it's only when we label it as, oh, the inhale is where the newness happens, that we then limit ourselves because there's something bigger that is going on and there's an awareness that's bigger that we could be aware of. Mm-hmm. I think with the newness that, and I guess you can tell, like I'm probably still fascinated a little bit by this morning's talk that you gave. It's really short, you know, and you'd, people would be amazed. I come away like I have just been to a lecture and I found out, found out something great, but that's because I'm looking for greatness and it comes wherever I am. Aside from that, <laughs> when it comes to newness, it's like a testimony of oneness to me, which is continuously fascinating because everything that's new really already is, you know, already is or is, was before I got here, you know, in the one mind. And now I'm becoming aware of it. And I think that's so exciting. So for example, with my mentors, I was so, and I'm so affectionately close to them. I hold them in such great affection because I feel like I've been taught by them so much in times when I didn't have anybody to teach me. But then when I meet other teachers, you, and let's say Paul Selleck, because we hadn't talked about him before. I didn't think you liked Ascended Masters or people <laughs> that did stuff like that. So I never mentioned him to you. But you mean like channels, yeah. Yeah, channels. But he is like so different. And so when I listened to him, I had to develop an ear for his style. But that's everybody, you know, all channels are different. So you had to develop this ear. And I was listening to a lesson that he was doing on fear. And I had to stop what I was. I said, what? Because I did a lesson on fear and I'm listening to him and he was doing it greater and more in depth and bringing it up. And I thought, well, no surprise there, right? He's like way deeper than me, but it was still exciting and refreshing because I thought to myself, all of this is in the one mind and we access it however we're able at whatever level of consciousness we are. So here's this guy who is really deep teaching a subject that I had taught and look at how much more there is, how much more substance there is to what he's teaching. And it all comes from the one mind. So I'm excited. Like I could go back and get some more from this one thing. But I think what I'm saying very awkwardly is that we're all doing it from one mind through of the personality that we have and the way we express things and from the experiences that we've had. And it's one mind and one thing coming out in so many different ways. Absolutely. I don't see how people can get excited over the moon about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because now I'm going to be looking for other people that have taught the same subject and say, whoa, you know, This is crazy interesting to me. Yeah, I want to make two points about that. First of all, Paul Selig, because he's a channel and he has these non-corporeal beings and 
presences that he's channeling. He has a lot of bench strength when he says something. So there's a lot behind it. So it's not just him. And the other thing is that I'm going to say thank you for noticing that one of my gifts is to say something in 30 seconds that gives you something to think about for a whole day. Because as you pointed out, that's what happened on the morning meditation. And I do those twice a day, eight o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the evening, and they're on Zoom. You can find them on newthoughtphilly.org or the meetup group, Philly Spiritual Adventures. And anybody is welcome to join in for any of those. And the other one is God Calls, where I come up with what for most ministers would be a topic for a 20-minute talk. And I do it in 30 seconds. Yeah. Set so, up, explain it, and finish it. That's my thing. And sometimes people go, oh, that was nice. And other times they spend a day or two thinking about it. Listen, in the language that I learned from hanging around these young people and entrepreneurs, you drop bars. you drop bars you drop gold and you know so when you drop things like that you have no idea how many lessons or videos I pick up from your one-liners and just (laughs) like because I showed you one or two of them I can do that but you know like it's a gift that you have and I listen because you know I said you know I'd be crazy not to listen to this because something's going to come he drops bars every morning well, thank you. When I was doing the comedy morning radio shows, sometimes I'd write a joke and you know, say it on the air. And then the other morning shows in town would be saying it two days later. And everybody in the world is saying it a week after that. And people would say, don't you get upset? People are stealing your joke. It's like, they're like Doritos, you know, crunch all you want. We'll make more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's not the one that I just did. It's the next one that I'm going to do. That's where my gift is. If I've spent all my time you know, in copyright court trying to defend my last joke, I would be not a very funny person and probably not a very spiritual person if I tried to protect these things. And part of that is knowing your gift and understanding what a gift is. You know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to hold on to something and own it. It's just there, you know, and... Spirit is going to, I never, ever, ever worried about somebody doing something like I do it because they can't, nor can I do it the way they can. Most of the time I'm admiring what other people do because like, that's really cool. I never thought about doing it that way or saying it that way. Now I might steal it, but But I will give you credit. I'll do that. I'll give you credit and fly with it because, hey, listen, that's, Spirit put it out there and people need to hear it and understand if it helps understand my thing better when it goes out, stealing it. And, you know, getting back to the fundamental principle of new thought, that there is one mind, you can't steal anything. It's there in the one mind and it's individualized as that person over there. And then you get it because they said it or you get it because you're part of the same mind and it doesn't really make that much difference. I mean... Plagiarism aside, just in the outside world, we try to avoid plagiarism. And it's probably not because it isn't a good idea that somebody else already said. It's because it short circuits our own ability to think and express ourselves. If we're just copying and pasting somebody else's words, then we're not adding anything to the value proposition. We then turn from being a divine expression of God's infinite good into a photocopier. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with photocopiers. I don't know, because I ain't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the fact that they're helpful when you need to get another copy of a document does not necessarily mean that that's a good way of studying or sharing or deepening. If you go in, into it with the attitude that this is what someone else is 
said, and what can I get from that to enhance what I'm thinking or to embellish it or help my thoughts along, or even critiquing my own thoughts based on what someone else has said. I use that to critique ideas. I have an office and everything that happens in this office is correct. It's wonderful. It's a fabulous idea. Once you come across that threshold, there's nothing wrong that ever happens in this office in terms of thought. Now, if I really believe that, I'm crazy. So I do have to, <laughs> I do have to bring in other ideas, you know, and sometimes when I consult the ascended masters, it is to see whether what I'm feeling is consistent with some idea that they may have had. Does that mean that mine may, if it's different, it's wrong? No, but we need to be able to bounce against everything. We use the term, you used it, and I love it, infinite intelligence. Mm -hmm. Source is infinite intelligence. That is huge to me. So I cannot be wrong. I cannot be right. I can't have all there is. I can't have the last word because infinite intelligence is like so huge. I need to go and see if I could find some more, which also contributes to trying to get the degree by the pound. <laughs> I laughed at that so hard. <laughs> and when Carol submitted her written examination, it was highly detailed. That's where the earning the degree by the pound remark came from. And I'm just going to say that if we're wandering around in a maze and we go down some distance and get to a dead end, it's easy to say, oh, I went the wrong way and I've wasted my time. But in fact, what we've done is we've learned that this particular way leads to a dead end. So now we can continue, have to backtrack and go down in a different direction and see if the next one doesn't lead us to a dead end. But to say that it's a waste and a failure just because it didn't lead us to where we initially thought we wanted to go doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. There's always value, and that's what the newness is. Let's take a break, and then we will do a prayer on newness. Get inspiration in an instant. God calls are the gentle and uplifting moment of truth to help you remember that the bright light of God's love is shining right now as you. It's your God call with Reverend Bill. Start your two-week free trial today and you'll get a phone call four times a week from Reverend Bill with an uplifting half-minute message filled with insight, wisdom, story, and fun. Let your light shine. You can answer the call to listen to it live or let it go to voicemail so you can hear it later. After the free trial, your subscription is just $5.95 a month. The details are at godcall.org. God calls are disruptive, intentionally. Whenever you write something, put on a gold star. They take you away from your routine to remind you about the truth of who you really are. They come at random times between 8.15 a.m. and 6 p.m., so you won't be expecting them. And somehow, the message is exactly what you need to hear at the time. Magic is loose in the world. It's a moment of motivation in the middle of your day. Find out more and start your two-week free trial now. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol. Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioli. We're going to do a prayer on newness. And the image that I came up with in my mind was an eternal flame. 
So when you're standing in an eternal flame, you know, the tomb of the unknown or wherever the eternal flame that you're looking at happens to be, there are different ways that you can look at it. One is to say this flame, this light has been shining since and as far back in history as that's been a thing. Or you can look at it and say, this is an eternal flame and the intention is for it to continue to shine its light and continue to be that brightness forever. And another way that you can look at it is this light is shining right now. It's got a long history to it. It's got a long future ahead of it. And right now it is shining. And we can look at it in any of those perspectives and get something different out of it. But in all three, we get the opportunity for the newness, because even before that eternal flame was first lit, there was the intention to have this marker, this light, this beacon to symbolize whatever it was that we have set about by having it there. And then in every subsequent moment for every person who gazes upon it, for every situation and circumstance that happens, that newness is unfolding at every moment. And the intention is for it to continue unfolding and for it to continue shining forever. The same thing is true for us. We can claim that newness now. So if we close our eyes and turn away from the circumstance and the situation around us and open to that bigger picture to understand that there is one infinite creative power that has created everything. It has created everything, everyone, everywhere, every moment, every activity, everything that exists is that divine presence taking its own new and particular form. And at some point, everything goes through the transition from being possible to being actual. As the possibilities begin to unfold and the circumstances and situations begin to interweave upon each other. And at every moment along the way, there is that present now moment. And it changes and it rearranges and newness comes about in every moment, in every breath, in every activity. It's always new. There is always something new. And looking forward into the future, there is the possibility of everything new, everything changing. Everything is subject to unfoldment and change and enhancement and development. And that includes each of us. Each of us is an expression of that divine light, that divine goodness. We are sharing and shining and revealing that infinite power and presence in our own specific and particular way. So as we take each breath, as we take each step, as we move through our lives, we can set that conscious intention for that newness to come about in a way that brings uplift to us individually and to everyone around us. That experience of more love, of more harmony, of more health, of more prosperity, of more creativity, of more connection, as more spiritual depth, as more vitality as more of whatever it is that we are desiring. We let go of whatever's not serving us any longer and let it move into the past. Embrace that next new possibility and invite in the newness. And that infinite creative power that has created everything, that has created each of us, continues to create. It continues to follow that conscious intention. It fills in that channel, bringing more and more of this newness into life. And the experiences that we describe as good, as fulfilling, as uplifting, as prosperous and joyous and healthy and loving and complete continue to unfold. And that's the goodness and the newness that's at hand right now. And there's nothing that stands in the way of this power. There is nothing that opposes this creative process. Good and more good and more good is unfolding right here and right now for each of us and for all of us. And for this, I am deeply grateful. Grateful for the awareness of the process. Grateful for the willingness of each one listening to the sound of my voice to be involved in this prayer 
to join me in setting this intention and invite something new. So with this feeling of thanks, I speak this word, I release it into that creative law, the one that has created everything. And I know it is now creating this. And so I let it be. So it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.